It's great to be with you all this morning. We greatly appreciate your partnership in the gospel. You all have been a great help with many different projects there in Papua New Guinea. And I highlighted some of those this morning, especially the missions house, many of the sports outreach, many the church opening, many of the different outreaches. You all have been a great blessing and help with, and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, this time, I want to give a short video that highlights the ministry a little bit, a little bit more of the history. So we have three areas of ministry there in Papua New Guinea. The first being church planning. We're church planning at Quesasaro, which is where the church building is built, and you'll see that in the video, and also at Kapugu, which if you remember, when we were here before, we shared about the village that was split by fighting. That was Kapugu. So our first area of ministry is church planning. Second area is Groka Baptist Bible College where we have 50 students, and we just completed our paperwork for accreditation with the government, and we're awaiting the approval, which will allow our school teachers that are trained there at the Bible College to teach in the government schools. And the third area of ministry, which you'll see in the video, is Bible clubs. So the government requires religious education in the Bible clubs, and we have about 2,000 kids a week in the Bible clubs there in Papua New Guinea. So the Lord has opened a great door there. So if we could have the video at that time, and then I'll come back. Plus the church planning ministry in a great way. 2015, we began a Bible study in the village of Jericho. After seeing some of the women get saved, the Lord allowed us to start meeting on Sundays. Following this, we were able to see the first grass church building built in 2018. The Lord continued to bless, and the believers were of one heart and one mind to purchase land at the bottom of the mountain in 2019. The Lord allowed us to start Friday sports outreaches in 2021 and in 2022 the steel church building was completed the lord just allowed us to baptize five believers and it's been such a joy to see many of the young men from the church go with me on sundays to the outreach at kabobu the lord has also blessed Groka baptist bible college in great ways we have just completed our accreditation and registration paperwork. We have received our report and are waiting for approval from the government. The Lord has also blessed with us being able to start a printing ministry, printing around 70,000 pages of teacher's guides for CLE Christian schools in Papua New Guinea. The Lord has also continued to bless with the Greek and Hebrew programs as Solomon, our local teacher, continues to teach the young men and women. We now have a new boys' dormitory, which is nearing completion, and Lord willing, will be filled next year. We currently have 50 students and are hoping with the completion of the boys' dormitory to see that number grow to 100. We are training young men and women to serve the Lord as pastors, pastors' wives, and Christian school teachers. The Lord is also blessed with the completion of the new mission house, which we are able to move into before coming. We look forward to using it in the ministry at Kuroka Baptist Bible College and the church planning ministry. The third ministry we're involved in is Bible clubs in the public schools. The Lord has opened an incredible door of opportunity as the government requires religious instruction. We have begun what's called 5K in five days. We currently have over 2,000 students in Bible clubs a week, and we are seeking the Lord's blessing to have 5,000 students a week in Bible clubs. We started our first club in Safa Primary School. Following that, we were able to start in Segu High School as a result of one of the young women that was just recently baptized in the church at Quesasaro. We then were able to start Bible clubs at Segu Primary, Sioke Primary, 
Ogo and our most recent club this year was Meganagu. We have gotten permission for next year to start a new Bible club at Sigiri. Please pray as the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. From the bottom of our hearts, we want to say thank you so much for your faithful prayers and support. The Lord has used his people to be such a help this year in everything from the new vehicle to the completion of the church building, the completion of the mission house, the start of the new food service for Goroka Baptist Bible College, the continued Bible club ministry, and many, many other things. Once again, thank you for your partnership in the gospel. So, as we said in the video, thank you. Thank you for your help with many, many projects and for the opportunity to be with you all once again this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. And the songs what Pastor Burgraff shared this morning are very, very fitting for what I want to share this morning. There's one great need worldwide today in the Lord's work in the area of missions, and that is for laborers. There's a great need. The door is wide open in many, many countries, but there's a great need for people to go and to share the gospel. As you saw in the picture of the boys and girls there in the Bible club, you try to think about it. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids waiting to hear the gospel. I'll talk about it more in a moment, but such a heart, such a desire. One time, the kids were packed in the classroom so tight because we didn't have enough teachers. They were packed in there so tight. They were all standing up. One kid passed out because it was so hot in the classroom. But they were packed in there so tight, he didn't even hit the floor. Can you imagine kids, kids that have such a desire to hear God's word and hear the gospel? And that word just in one area. There's a whole country of kids waiting to hear the gospel. But look with me in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you once again for the privilege and joy and blessing of being with your people. Thank you, Lord, for the great blessing they've been to your work in Papua New Guinea. Lord, thank you for being able to serve you together around the world. I pray, Father, that as we look into your word this morning, that you would stir our hearts once and again for world evangelism, for missions, that, Lord, the cry of many people that still have not heard around the world, they would touch our hearts, and that what you've given to each and every one, that we would be able to wholeheartedly follow you in that. Lord, I pray even this morning that you might call one to full-time Christian service to serve you somewhere on foreign soil. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your kindness. Lord, Use me for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse number 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. As we think about missions worldwide, it's not our power, it's not our strength. It's God's power and God's strength. The ground there at Quesasaro, where you saw we built the church building, was originally dedicated to Satan. There is a place there where they originally, they'd always done their witchcraft or sorcery. If they had witchcraft or sorcery stuff they wanted to get rid of, it was put there. 
If they needed extra power or those kind of things, that's where they came to get it. So the land was dedicated to Satan. When we were able to acquire the land, when we were able to get it, which was another miracle of God's provision, we wanted the local people to take ownership. And when you sell sweet potatoes for about 30 cents, it's really hard to earn much money. But miraculously, we don't even, to this day, we don't know where the money came from. But the church people were able to raise about 5,000 kina, which is about 1,500, 1,800 U.S. dollars to help purchase the land there for the church. Incredible what God did. And through fasting, through prayer, they were able to provide half of the money to purchase that land. We purchased it. We were able to get down there. The ground originally dedicated to Satan, we dedicated it back to God. We needed God's power. But Christ has all power. Christ has more power than Satan and all his demons. Christ is Lord over all, in heaven and in earth. The first thing I want us to see is Christ has all power. Christ has all power, so we must serve him. Serve Christ with your life. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 4. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 is a verse that has been a great comfort, a great encouragement to us. Many times we've hung on to this verse and clung to it. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yes, Satan is alive. He's at work in this world today. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater than Satan and his demons, greater than Satan and his deception, greater than Satan and his lies is Christ and his power. One evidence of that we saw, as we mentioned, the ministry at Kapogu, that was a village split by fighting. A very brutal fight. I had mentioned that before, but there's probably about 250 people in that village, maybe 300. But about 10 of the men were killed in the fighting. And so if you think about that, that was about a tenth of the men, about a hundred of the men, one-tenth of them, ten of them, nine-tenth of them were killed in the fighting. And a very brutal fight. It wasn't like they were fighting with guns from a long range, those kind of things. They had a few guns, but they didn't have bullets. So a lot of the fighting was hand-to-hand with machetes. So they, everybody knew who killed somebody, who killed my brother, who killed my father, who killed my uncle. Everybody knew it. And I remember being in the peace mediation meetings and... So one time they stood up and they gave a list of the next men that they were going to kill. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. But no forgiveness, no reconciliation. In the world's terms, impossible. But Christ has all power. And impossible with man, but possible with God. And God continued to work in a mighty way in their lives as we were able to preach the gospel to both sides. Preach to those in the village, preach to those in the refugees. And two of the men were from different sides. Shorty was the name of one of the village leaders. And another of the younger men from one of the other sides, his name was Jan. But both of them came to help dig out the cement footer or dig out the footers for the cement there at the church building. Both of them working side by side. And that's the power of the gospel. Here these are men that few, about a year earlier, were fighting hand to hand. Now working side by side to see the church built. And that's the power of the gospel. Christ has all power. Humanly impossible, but possible with God. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
As you think about serving God, it's not necessarily your ability, your strength, but it's as you yield to Christ, God is able to use you. It's not you getting more of God, it's God getting more of you. You being yielded to God. Christ has all power, so we must serve him. Romans, Romans chapter 1, a well-known verse, Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and his salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's word, the gospel, changes lives. It's changing lives to people there in Papua New Guinea. I trust if you're here this morning, it's changed your life, and that's why you're here this morning. God's word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. God's word is at work today in the world in which we live. As you think about serving God, will you trust him? He has all power. Will you trust him 100% with your life, with what God has given to you? It's not for you, it's to use for his honor and for his glory. We're just here upon this earth for a short time. The time to serve God is today. The time to serve Christ is now. We can say tomorrow or later I will serve God. But we have no promise, no guarantee of tomorrow. Only God knows the future. Serve God today. Look with me again in verse number 19. The first word of 19 says, Go, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. They say the number of people that are going into full-time Christian service is dramatically decreasing. There's fewer and fewer people going out as missionaries. Is that because the need is smaller? I don't think so. I think it's that there's less people going. The population in the world is rapidly growing. And we used to be 7 million people in Papua New Guinea. Now we're close to 8 million. The time of Christ's return is very close. It's imminent. The harvest is plentiful, and the time is catching up with us. There's many people that still have not heard the gospel message. Now, more than ever, we need to be sending missionaries. Christ could come back anytime. He could come back today. Our time is very short. It should be the time of the greatest missionary movement in the world should be today. But on the opposite, on the contrary, there's fewer and fewer missionaries going we need people that are skilled, people that have gifts that God has given to them. We need them willing to use them on the foreign field, around the world. We need people that are doctors saying yes to world missions. You know, all of the many churches right around the Bible school there have all been started through the medical clinic with Bill and Laurie Smith, the senior missionaries there. Many of the people, if it hadn't been for the medicine, they would not have led us into the village. There, as I mentioned in Baina, there's been a number of different churches that have tried to go in, plant churches. There's churches there, the people go to them, but they still are continuing the witchcraft and the sorcery, and they're still not saved. And the village leader had even told me, he said, you're not allowed to start a church, and you're not allowed to have a Bible study on Sunday. Those are what he told me. But through the power of the gospel, his wife is saved. He's still not saved, but he told me right before we left, he said, Tim... He said, I'm getting very close to following the Lord. 
And it's a, it's, a, it's a process. It takes a lot of time to work with someone that their whole life they've lived in fear of Satan and the spirits. But it's the power of the gospel that changes lives. But we need people today with, that God has given them skills, skills as mechanics, skills as a builder, skills as a teacher there for the Bible school. In missions today, things have changed, but the world is changing. And the skills, the talents, the abilities God has given to you they can be used in a great way for God's honor and glory on the foreign field and missions work. God has uniquely prepared you for whatever he wants you to do, whether that's missions or whether that's serving here in your local church. God has prepared you specifically for what he wants you to do. I never dreamed growing up in Lancaster County would prepare me to serve in Papua New Guinea, but farming and all those different things, God prepared me for exactly what he wanted me to do in Papua New Guinea. It was God's unconscious preparation. And God has prepared you to do exactly what he wants you to do with your life. One, one verse that has been a great encouragement, a great help, a great blessing to me is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 12. It says, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. But the first part of that verse says, he hath enabled me. If God calls you to be a missionary, God will enable you. There's no question, no doubt about it. God has enabled many people in the past that didn't think they were able, didn't think they were qualified, didn't think they were able to do it. And the truth is, you're not able to do it of your own strength. But it's God that enables us. It's God that enables you to do whatever he will call you to do. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 says... Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Someone asked me this morning between Sunday school and church, they said, how did you get called to Papua New Guinea? Honestly, I never had the thought that as a young man, I would be called to be a missionary. Not a clue. I thought I'd probably end up being a business person and I'd support missions. I always had a sensitive heart to the Lord and to his leading, but I didn't think I was going to be called to be a missionary. Went to Bible college. The Lord worked in my heart. I went back, got my master's in missionary linguistics. And I had to take an internship, which meant I had to do what? Go. I had to go take a missions trip. And honestly, I applied to different mission boards, different missionaries I knew. And every single one of them came back with some reason and said, we can't take you as an intern. You can't come. And I was shocked. I needed the internship for my degree in college. I thought for sure every door would be open and I'd be able to go. But the answer was the same. Everywhere was a no. Even people today I've talked to, they said, I don't even know why we said no. But the Lord was trying to get me to go to Papua New Guinea. And every other door shut, and the only door open was to Papua New Guinea. And I ended up in Papua New Guinea. I was there for a few weeks, came back. I went back again for five months, and that's when the Lord called me to Papua New Guinea. But it was God. God often leads us through different ways. He'll lead us through his word. He'll lead us through his spirit. He'll lead us through circumstances. And God's leading and God's directing was clear in my life. And it'll be the same for you. As you seek God, God will show you what he has for your life. God will lead you. God will direct you. God will guide you. Don't wait for a better time. Oftentimes people say, in the future, I will become a missionary. In the future, I will take a mission trip. In the future, I will serve God. But the devil often uses procrastination to keep us from ever serving God. As we obey God, God will open the next door. God wants us to obey him today. I remember when we were there in Papua New Guinea and we weren't spared from COVID. 
COVID hit Papua New Guinea, just like it did the rest of the world, and the government tried to do the same thing the rest of the world was doing. They said they were going to lock down for two weeks. And you can imagine how that worked out, trying to lock people down in their grass huts for two weeks. No water, no food. I mean, how are you going to stay in your grass hut for two weeks? I mean, that's just crazy. And it didn't work. It didn't work at all. And COVID came through the country very, very fast. They weren't able to slow it down by a lockdown. When it hit, it hit. But because of that, the government required that all the schools were stopped. The schools are no longer able to meet. That meant that as a, it was a little bit of a gray area with us being a private institution, whether we could still meet or not. But we decided we weren't going to meet as a Bible college. The school board wanted And I was very disappointed. I was leaning towards maybe we should continue to meet with the Bible college. But we decided it was best in the interest of everything to shut it down. So because of that, we had about three or four months where I could work full time on the church building. And I was not happy the government basically forced us to lock the school down. But because of that, we were able to build a church building. And we could have said we could wait for a better time, but we were able to use that time to build the church. Otherwise, we never would have been able to build the church. I was able to work, you know, 12-hour days on the church building and get it built during that time. Through that, we were able to reach the young men that helped us build the church. Many of them drug addicts and different things. We were able to reach them because we were working with them the whole every day on the church building so yes covid was a major interruption but because of that we were able to build the church and sometimes things will come in our lives we might say they're an interruption a hindrance a distraction something we didn't plan for but through that as we surrender it to god and we don't wait for a better time god can turn that to good we must go and teach all nations Will you go? If God is calling you to go, will you go? Most of us, probably God has something for us to do here. But there could be one or two people that God is saying, Yes, I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to be a missionary. I want you to take the gospel to some other country around the globe. If God is asking you to go, will you go? Will you serve him today? Christ has all power. Serve him. We must go and teach all nations one thing that is happening today, many times people are willing to go. They're willing to go for one or two weeks, which is great. A short-term trip is a great blessing. We've had many people have come short-term. Every once a year or every few years, we'll have a mechanic come for two weeks, which has been a great help. Many mechanical things there is no way I could do or we could do in country because mechanics have flown in for one or two weeks. That has been a great help. We've had different building teams come to help with many of the different building projects the staff house or girls' dorm extension, academy building, the missionary house. They've been able to come in for one or two weeks. They've been able to help. But what they're not able to do with is sharing the gospel on a day-to-day basis. That's not possible to do on the short term because you have to know the people. You have to build a relationship with them. Even some of the people, like I shared, Seiko, it's taken us years to build that relationship with him. Now, after seven years, he's saying he's getting close to trusting Christ as a Savior. So short-term missions is a great help, a great blessing. We couldn't do it without it. But there's also a great need for people that will give their lives to serve and to share the gospel around the world. In verse number 19, Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. As we go, as we share God's word, as we teach God's word, as we do evangelism, discipleship, 
people get saved and their lives are changed. One young lady was actually, she's Hercules' sister. So I talked about Hercules in Sunday school. She was there, a very difficult situation. There's lots and lots of immorality in the village. Many times children are born and they don't know who the father is. They wait until they say the child grows big enough that they can look at his face and tell who the father was. So there's just terrible immorality there. She has, I believe, two children, but her husband's not with her. I'm not even sure who the father of them is. And very difficult, very lost, but consequences of sin in her life. And she's faced with the problems of that, the issues of that each and every day. But lost, someone that needed Christ. She needed her life changed by the power of the gospel. We started the building the church building. We were meeting there. She, was, she would come to the church. She would hear God's word, but didn't know God. Her life was not changed, was not transformed to the gospel. But slowly, God's word began to change her life. And she, along with, I mentioned, Solo and another lady, Alice, they were the first three people to get baptized. Regina got saved, gave her life to God, and God changed her life in a marvelous way. She's the first person there at church, first person sweeping the church, first person, they always bring flowers from the jungle, so always bringing flowers, always there helping with the youth outreach. The Lord has changed her life. And that's a testimony to the power of God's word to change people's hearts and lives. Turn with me quickly to the book of John. John chapter 4 and verse number 35. John John chapter 3, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, somebody that is religious but lost. They had religion, but they didn't have a relationship with God. Okay, John chapter 4, you have the Samaritan woman, someone very similar to the young lady I just shared, experiencing the consequences of sin in her life, someone that is lost but needed a relationship with God. Both of these lies, Nicodemus, the Samaritan woman, needed their lives transformed by the gospel. But look in chapter 4 and verse number 35. Jesus said, Say not ye, there are four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. When I was here last time, we had mentioned the Bible clubs and getting the curriculum developed and with Bible visuals, we had the 4th through 8th grade curriculum developed. We're trying to develop the high school curriculum, and we want to get that presented to the government. And Lord willing, get that in the schools across the country. But we are using that curriculum now in the schools we are in, the public schools we are in. So you saw in the video, we have 2,000 students, but we started what's called 5K in 5 days. We want to see 5,000 young men and women in the public schools and Bible clubs a week. And you might say, how are you going to do that? I don't know how we're going to get that many kids in Bible Club a week. We don't have enough laborers. We don't have enough missionaries. We don't have enough resources. But I believe by God's strength and by God's power, we can do it. Well, the most recent school we started in was Meganagu. And just marvelous how the Lord has opened the door there. One interesting thing about that school that's been different from one of the other schools, that all the teachers come and they sit and they hear the Bible lesson each week. And we're sitting outside in the grass. The teachers sit there in the grass along with the students. But I haven't seen that in any other schools, a hunger for God's word in the teachers like that. They, they could very easily be working on their lessons or grading or other things, but they're listening every, word, every week to God's word. 
Another school, Sagari, is a school, Lord willing, will be starting in January. And we've met with the teachers there a number of weeks, building the relationship, getting in. And our last meeting with them, right before we came back to the States, they said, you know, we're all set, we're all good. Um, You're free to come in January, start teaching. But the one teacher we talked to a lot, she asked us and she said, what about some of the other schools in the area? She asked, are you teaching at Katagu? No, we're not in Katagu yet. She asked about Monkey 2. She said, are you a Monkey 2 yet? And I said, no, we're not at Monkey 2. The truth is, one of the teachers from Monkey 2 asked us to start a Bible club there probably two years ago as well. And we just don't have enough resources, don't have enough time to be able to get there to that school. There's literally hundreds, thousands of children hungry to hear God's word, but nobody to teach them. And I don't think that door is going to stay open forever. I would suspect we probably have 10 years There is a great, as world economics and politics and everything change, China has an incredible influence there in Papua New Guinea. And it's changing very, very rapidly. Um, We've even, we're on a missionary visa. But by God's mercy and grace, we've gotten our permanent residency now. So if the missionaries get kicked out, we're still able to stay in on our permanent residency. But we see things changing. And if... China gets more influence. I could very easily see the door for the public schools to be able to teach the Bible. I could very easily see that closing. They'd say no more religious instruction, no more Christian religious education in the public schools. That door is shut. So while the door is open today, we must go, we must teach the young children. The future of the church, the future for the Lord's work is the youth. If we can reach the youth, we can reach a generation for Christ that can reach the next generation luke luke chapter 10 and verse number 2 luke chapter 10 and verse number 2 the lord jesus said therefore he said unto them the harvest truly is great but the laborers are few pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest God wants us to go and God wants us to serve. Of course, as missionaries, we have a need for support. That, that is a great need. But we also have a need for laborers, a need for fellow missionaries, a need for other people to go and to reach the many people that haven't heard the gospel. Acts chapter 9, verse 6, the testimony of the apostle Paul and he was on the road to Damascus and he got saved. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will I have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The Lord wants us to obey him one step at a time. You know, Paul wasn't a Pharisee. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he was serving God, but he was actually fighting against God. When the Lord appeared to him, he gave his life to Christ. He got saved. He asked the Lord what he would have him to do. He obeyed God one step at a time. He went to the city. He recovered his sight. He, one step at a time, he obeyed God, and he became the greatest missionary in the New Testament. God used him to write more New Testament books than any other person. Look with me again at the book, uh, Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20. Teaching them to observe all things, and whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The first thing we saw was Christ has all power. Serve him. The second thing we saw was we must go and teach all nations. Will you go? Will you share the gospel with others? The last thing I want us to see in verse number 20 is Christ is always with us.
Christ is always with us. Will you trust him? Will you trust Christ with your life? Obedience always precedes blessing. We always want the blessing first and then we'll obey God. But it doesn't work that way. God wants us to obey him first and then he will give the blessing. Can I have my water? Sorry. God wants us to obey him first and then the blessings come. Think about for the children of Israel. As they went into the promised land, as they were to obey God, they didn't have enough faith to go in and conquer the promised land. So what happened to all those men? They all died. For 40 years, they died in the wilderness. God wanted them to obey him first and then the blessing would come. The same is true in missions work. Many, Landry and I have gone through some challenges in our lives, but as we obeyed God, we've seen the blessings. The obedience came first and then the blessings. I never thought I'd be a missionary, but I have no regret that I've given my life to serve God as a missionary. It's the best job in the world, and it's been such a joy and privilege to serve God. As you think about it in your life, what does God want you to do? How does God want you to obey him? You know, I don't know, someone else might not know, but you know what God wants you to do and how you are to obey him. You know what the next step is in your Christian life. But as you obey God, think about the promise. Who is with you? God is with you. Christ is with you. You don't serve God alone. You don't serve God in your strength. You serve God in his strength. As I think back to being in high school, I had to take Spanish. Do you think I like Spanish? Not one little bit. As soon as I took my test, I forgot everything I supposedly crammed in to get a C and to pass. <coughs> but God enables us to do what he wants us to do. I ended up having to get a master's in linguistics. Sometimes God has a sense of humor. And you might say, I can never be a missionary. I can never do that. And it might be true. You and I can't do it of ourselves. But God will enable you to do what he calls you to do. God's promise to be with you is real and it's true. It's a promise from God's word. As I think back, Leandra and I were both single missionaries headed to Papua New Guinea. I didn't know Leandra. She didn't know me. As I mentioned, I went back to Papua New Guinea the second time. God called me. To go back long term, I started raising support and was planning to return, but I was single. And I'd have different people would come up to me and say, you know, you shouldn't go as a missionary if you're single. And I understand the challenges. I understand different things. But the only problem was God told me to go. And so I would say, yes, I understand all that. But God has told called me to go to Papua New Guinea and I'm going to Papua New Guinea. Lander would hear many of the same things. And I was in a missions conference one time. And still single. And as you're a, a single missionary on deputation or pre-field, people often try to set you up with all kinds of different people. And we, Leander and I both have many humor stories. And so I was in a church. Someone came up and they said, we know this young lady that's a missionary. I honestly didn't even want to talk to them anymore because I'd heard this story so many times. And they said, they said, she's a missionary though to Papua New Guinea, which kind of caught my interest. And then they said, Next night, we're going to bring you her prayer card. But they said, if you take this prayer card from us, you have to promise to email her. 
if you're not going to promise to email her, we're not going to give you the prayer card. And I took one look at the prayer card, and that was an easy decision. And the Lord, the Lord worked in our lives in a great way to bring us together. But if you think about that, if I never obeyed and surrendered to go to Papua New Guinea, I never would have met Leandra. But as we obey God, as we serve God, God works out the details. God works out the things that we are not able to work out in our lives. God promises to be with us. As I think back to 2016, you might remember I got very sick in 2016. Um, Came back to the States for a short time. We were back for about seven weeks. And doctors ran many, many tests. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. The long in the story, well, long story short was they said, don't go back to Papua New Guinea. It must be something in Papua New Guinea. They said, you're not to go back. And if God told us to come back, we were going to come back. But God didn't tell us to come back. We even had many Christians too tell us we weren't to return to Papua New Guinea. It was obviously not God's will to, for us to be there. And that was really hard, and we didn't get any answers. We had absolutely no answers medically what was wrong, but we knew God wanted us to go back. And so we went back to Papua New Guinea after seven weeks. And while we were in Papua New Guinea, praise the Lord for Leandra doing a lot of research. She figured out I had an intolerance to nightshades, which are tomatoes, potatoes, peppers, those kind of things. Changed my diet, and by God's grace and mercy, I've been fine ever since. But the incredible thing was I didn't get the answer when I was back here with the doctors. I got the answer when we were in Papua New Guinea. God always wants us to obey him and trust him with the rest. God's word works in people's hearts and lives. I still remember, as I mentioned, when Seiko had said to me, you know, you can't meet on Sunday. He said, you're not allowed to start a church. But by the power of the gospel, I remember Seiko tore out the best part of his garden for us to build the grass church. And Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like as a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? We've had people tell us that Bainan people will never change. They'll never get saved. And these aren't other people. These are people from Bainan. They said they're not able to get saved. But guess what? By the power of the gospel, they are getting saved. Their lives are being changed. They're being set free from the bondage of the witchcraft, the sorcery, the endless killings. Their lives are being changed by the power of the gospel. As God promises to be with us, he meets each and every one of our needs. That doesn't mean that he gives us the answer before we need it, but when we need it, he gives it to us. I remember when our photocopier died for the Bible college and we had no finances to buy a new one. We didn't know what to do. We didn't have the answer, but we started praying. Started a prayer meeting Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And guess what God provided finances, a printer, copier. Now we're printing stuff for other people. It was only God that could do that. Psalm chapter 50, verse 15 says, Call unto me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. When God provides, never forget that it's God that gets the glory. I don't know what you might be thinking in your life. I don't know how God might be working in your life. But if there's one or two people that God is saying... I want you to be a full-time missionary. I want you to go serve me on the foreign field. You might have many questions. You might have any, many things you don't know the answers to them. But God has the answers to them. God promises his presence will be with you. God will never lead you where he will not sustain you. We see in the verse number 18, we have the command that we're to go. 
were to go, but we have in verse number 20, we have the promise of his presence. God promises his presence with you. That God will keep you, God will sustain you. Whatever skill, whatever talent God has given to you, you can use that for his honor and for his glory on the mission field. I remember Pastor Jalen, the fellow from the Philippines that came, he was an electrical engineer by trade there in the Philippines. He's done some huge electrical things there in the Philippines. And I remember at one point when we were talking to him about trying to come over to Papua New Guinea, he said something about never being able to use that in Papua New Guinea. That was the wrong thing to say. He's working on electrical things probably six hours, some, some days, eight hours a day. But God has used that skill in a great way, especially some of the things with the computer lab, all those things. But it was someone that had a specific skill that God prepared him to be able to use that overseas. As I finish here, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If God is working in your heart and life, maybe it's not even for missions. Maybe it's for another area of service. Maybe it's something God wants you to do here in your local church. But trust God and serve him. God will never fail you. I have no regrets for surrendering my life to God. It's been such a joy to serve God and to follow him. Last, last verse, and I'm finished here, but Luke, Luke chapter 9 and verse number 62. Luke chapter 9 and verse number 62. As you think about serving God, whatever God wants you to do, consider Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Jesus saith unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. If God calls you to do something, go forward 100% and do it. Don't look back. Don't consider, oh, I shouldn't serve God. Once you give your life to God, there's only one direction, and that's forward for God. Because the time is short. Christ will come back very soon. We have one chance to give our lives to serve Christ, and that's now. Pastor Vergriff. Mm. Thanks, Tim. Phew. I trust your heart's been blessed, yay? So we get an opportunity to be able to talk with these folk. They're going to be here through the day, and so you get a chance after this service and this evening. But before we close, we're going to have a word of prayer. I want to ask you, asking myself the same question, am I willing to go wherever you want, Lord? Wherever you want, wherever you would leave, even if it meant to leave something like this. Lord, are we really yielded? Father, I pray that you would help me and help my friends to have a spirit that we are ready and willing to go wherever, whether it be to a foreign land, whether it be to inner cities, whether it be to a neighbor, whether it be to a co-worker. Help us to have hearts that are yielded to you. Help us by your grace to be individuals who would trust you, who would rely upon your power, your presence, and not our own fears or not our own trepidations, but to just be yielded, to be willing. And Father, I pray that you would just bless from this group, that you would guide and direct, whether it be myself and Deb, whether it be others. Help us to understand and know if you would have us to take other paths, paths that would lead elsewhere, and then help us to have a willing heart. I pray in the meantime that you would bless those who are confident of your leading into these other paths. We pray for Tim and Leandra. We pray that you would just continue to bless their labors. Help them as they 
are here getting respite, getting things taken care of, and when they go back, help them and they have a fruitful ministry. Guide and direct how to reach that 5,000 in five days. Provide other workers for them. Please keep them in good health. Give them their direction. Give them the ability. Give them the wisdom. Give them the stamina to do this work for the glory of Christ. Thank you for this privileged opportunity that we have for them to be with us this day, for us to be encouraged, to be able to build a relationship that may be long-term. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for the friendships that, that is being established. Help us to be supportive of them, to be encouraging to them, to be a blessing to them this day as well as whatever days you provide in the future. Father, we thank you for their ministry. Help us to be a blessing as they have been to us this morning. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.